Thank you for choosing to listen to today's message by Reverend Dr. David Entry. We know you will be blessed as you seek and serve God. We believe that this message will stir up a desire for more of God, even as you listen. Be blessed. It's a blessing to be in church and it's a great privilege to be together in fellowship again. Revelation chapter 2, verse 18, from verse 18, it says that, And to the angel of the church in Titeria, write, These things says the Son of God. Remember when we saw him in the book of, uh, in, in chapter 1, he said the Son of Man. But here, this is the only time he's using a title that was not referred to in the chapter. And this is one of the times he was using a title that was not referred to in, in uh, chapter 1. It says that this thing says the Son of God, who has eyes like flame of fire and his feet like fine brass. Flame of fire, when you talk in the scriptures, fire most of the time stands for judgment. That's why at the end of everything, there will be a lake of fire. It stands for judgment. It stands, so he says that my eyes are flame of fire. He's, another way of putting it is that I have an angry face. I'm very furious. And I'm coming to judge you for all this thing you are doing. And now, this is not outside, this is the church. So he says that I, this is the one with an See, in the, in the scriptures, there are a few places where Jesus got angry. For instance, in Mark chapter 3, verse 1 to 5, particularly in 5. But verse 1 to, to 5, the Bible talks about how he was in the synagogue and there was a man with a withered hand. And the Pharisees saw the man was there. And they were now beginning to observe if Jesus was going to heal the man so that they can have a reverse two. Verse two says that, verse three or verse two says, so they can have a, a reason to accuse him. Because you are not supposed to, verse one, let's start from verse one. He was not supposed to heal. He entered the synagogue and there was a man there with a withered hand. Verse two. So they watched him closely, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. They are not concerned about the man's situation. What they wanted, we want to accuse Jesus. And that, it happens a lot. People come to church and all they need, they are looking for fault to accuse the pastor. All the nice things you are saying, none of them move you, but his three-piece suit is your concern. <laughs> That's all you saw. You have a problem with your eyes. Things you were saying, you claim you the worst of it is you claim you're also a Christian. And we are talking about the text. The text is not important to you, it's the suit. You see, you haven't realized that there's a problem with your heart just by the way your works are following you. So they came into the synagogue and they knew that this man with the withered hand, can you imagine if you saw your father or your only son? And it's with that hand. He can't even get a job. And the man was in church. And they came. These are church leaders. These were church leaders. They were watching him closely. If he would dare heal somebody. Not the healing. But on a Sabbath day. Because you are not supposed to do any work on a Sabbath day. 
in Mark chapter 2, verse 20. In fact, this is Mark 3, I think 2.27, just few verses down. Jesus told them that, Jesus said, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. In other words, the Sabbath day, I think one of these, they have to teach on the Sabbath day. So I don't want you to get distracted because to, so, so long as the Jewish community was concerned, the Sabbath day was the center of everything. They have a few types of Sabbaths. Some after every two weeks, according to Leviticus, some after a period of time, about a month, some after a year, some after seven years. The land must rest. And then some after 40, seven times seven, 49 years. So different types of Sabbath. So the Jewish life was oh, it's just around Sabbath, 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 everything. Sabbath was important, was central. Then Jesus comes on the scene and says that, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. So he unseats the Sabbath and says that I am the Lord of the Sabbath. And so on the Sabbath day, they were watching if he would heal a man on the Sabbath. That's why Jesus told them that the Sabbath was not made, uh, was made for man, not man, for, not the other way around. I will teach on the Sabbath. Maybe next year, early next year. But verse 3, so they watched to see if he will heal on a Sabbath day. Look at the verse, verse 3. And he said to the man with the withered hand, step forward. <laughs> he said, step forward. He called the man out. And then verse 4, and then he said to them, is it lawful on a Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to kill? But they were quiet because they couldn't answer that question. We are, you know what? We are, we are not interested in that. We want to know what you are going to do. Whether you obey the law or, or disobey the law. He asked them a question. They were silent. You don't know. I come in morning. Then look at Jesus' reaction. And when he looked around at them with anger, that's one of the places in the Bible where Jesus was angry. And that's what he was telling the church of Tarotera. This is the one who has the eyes of fire. And he said to the man, stretch forth your hands. He healed the man. The other place, the one of the other places we saw him being angry in John, Mark, Mark chapter 10, I think from verse 13 downwards, they were bringing children to him. They had brought little children that he might touch them. And his disciples said, hey, don't disorder the, don't try and create disorder here. Don't disturb the protocol. Hey, take the little children away. Hey, hey, we don't want children here. And Jesus, look at the verse first. But Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased. And said to them, when you read other translation, Bible said he was angered. Other translation said with indignation. You, you stop the children from reaching out to me? He was, yeah, one version is that NLT said, he was angry with his disciples for stopping children from getting to him. Wow. That's the other place. Was, and the, the other place, uh, let me add one more. In it. He went to the temple. They were buying and selling. They were doing business in church. Wow. Let me say this to you. That a lot of the um, excesses in certain sections of what is so-called church in some places is there is, is is due to the teachings on the true church uh, at the pulpit of the true church if churches are teaching true doctrine 
pure Christian doctrine and making sure that sin is not prospering in the church. If you are a sinner and you don't care about your sins, I care about you. So I have a message for you. (laughs) If sin is prospering in the church, then it's easy for anybody at all to come and mimic what we do. If church is just about having some speakers, having some screens, and having some musicians, it's easy to get all kinds of fake musicians. On Christian musicians, be playing, get some um, worldly pop, ex-pop singers to come and be entertaining people and slap church on that. But if you go to a place like that and you sit there after a while, you feel like, no, this is not church. This is just like a theater or an event I've come to. Because, so that's why we have to stay true to what church is. The central aspect of church is the purity of God's word that is delivered. We have to stay on on the word of God and teach the word of God purely. When it happens like that, Christians who have been exposed to the word of God and the true, Bible says that the time is coming when the true worshippers shall worship in spirit and in truth, not only in spirit, excuse me. I feel it. I feel it. No, 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 please. Not only in spirit. <laughs> you must know the truth as well. So in spirit and, and not only truth. Oh, as far as it's no, no, no. Let's, let's just, let's, let's just, what is the text saying? Let's do a research in the Bible. No, you need a truth. The knowledge, information without the spirit makes you, you dry up. The spirit without knowledge of the word, you will blow up. The spirit and the word, you will grow up. Wow. Wow. Is it my nice rhyme? Yeah. So why not clap before? <laughs> you know how I've taken my time to remember this to say it. <laughs> hey! Lord have mercy. <laughs> So anyway, he says that the one with the eyes of fire, he's coming with judgment. Why? Why is he coming? He said, I'm really not happy with what you guys are doing in the church. He's not thinking about what what the society is doing. He's talking about what the church is doing. If the church can be the church, the church will change the society. And then he goes on. With the feet of brass. Feet of brass signifies coming to crush some things. It's like someone who is wearing metal, metallic shoes. You know that that's a serious shoe. If it steps on your toe, you're in trouble. It's a shoe. And he said, he's not, he didn't say I'm wearing a shoe of brass. The whole feet is brass, fine brass. As, as I said, um, the son of who, whose eyes, and then the feet like fine brass. I'm coming to crush some things out of the church. That's what he's trying to say. I'm coming to judge, I'm very angry about a lot of things, coming to judge you and crush some things out of the church. What is it that is making him describe himself like this? Then listen to what he says. Look at the next verse, verse 19. He says, I know your works. Let's all say, I know your works. I know works. Please say it again. I know say it for the last time. I know your works. Works are important to God. Don't just say heart. The works. <laughs> so if you just say, oh, it, it's all about the heart and just the heart, 
you'll be very disappointed when it comes to the last, the, the judgment. Because we are saved by grace. We are justified by grace, but we will be rewarded and judged by works. So it's not your good works you do that will make you go to heaven. But your judgment is going to be based on your good works. The reward, he's judging us to give us rewards. In, in the book of Revelation chapter 22, verse 12, he said, Behold, I come quickly. And my reward is with me. To do what? Let's already Allah. Let's go. Let's read your rescue. Let's go. To give everyone according to what? His works. Not according to your heart. Not according to your intentions. He said, Jesus said, I'm coming to give you according to your works. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 said, For we must all appear before the judgment, before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in your body according to what he has done, whether good or bad, not what you have imagined, not what the things are in your heart, the things you have done in your body. So we are saved by grace. We are justified by grace, but we are going to be judged and rewarded by works. Say works. Say works. So our works are important. He says that I know your works. That's the same thing he said in Revelation chapter 2, verse 2. He said it to the church of Ephesus, that I know your works. That's the, that's the first place he starts from. He starts from, I know your works. So we are, we should, we will definitely be judged according to our works. God is, or so long as God is concerned, your works matters. Look at chapter 2, verse 23. Revelation 2, 23, I will kill her children with death, and all the churches shall know that I am he who searches the mind and the heart. Watch this. What does he do? He said, I search what? What is, I am he who does what? Oh, I, I, is that hunger or boredom? Both. <laughs> all right, let's read it again. What does he do? He searches what? The mind and the, what does he search? The mind and I will give to each one according to what your work. So he's searching. Watch this, watch this, watch this. He's coming to give you an award. He said, this award is based on what you have done. So he separates all those who have done, puts them in one, on one side. And then when, then when it's time for the award, reward, he comes to you and now check their hearts and their mind behind what you did. Wow, wow, wow. Does that, that make sense? Yes. It's not what you are saying. Your confession is not as important as your profession. Mm. What you do, so long as God is concerned, you what you so this grace, 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 or grace understands, grace understands. That's what happened in the church of Tatia. The church of Tatia became so accommodating, uh, accommodative of any behavior because they became what theologians will call uh, um, um, antinomian, uh, antinomian. They started practicing antinomianism. Antinomians. So antinomianism, antinomianism is like it doesn't matter. There's no law. There's no, we don't need any law, we don't need, uh, it, 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 they are also called the libertines. 
But you are free to do anything because you know what? The flesh is weak. Sometimes you try, you can't do. God understands. You know, the flesh, you see, it's your spirit that was saved. Your flesh was not saved. So let, allow the flesh to do what? Indulge in anything. Eat as much as you can. Misbehave as much as you can. You know, we understand because the way you were raised, that's why you can't work hard. So that's fine. But it will show your pain. So, the libertines and the antinomianism will always encourage people to do. In fact, there was one pastor of in those days, according to history, it's not in the scriptures, but according to history, one of one of the pastors in those days actually tattooed on his arm, peccato, which means peccable, faulty, sinful. To show that listen, we are all sinful. So live your life. Don't be worried. There's grace to cover you. <laughs> Just guess, and then they'll quote. I'm sure he was quoting from, from uh, Romans chapter uh, 5, the last verse, before chapter 6, verse 1. Romans chapter 5, put it on the screen. Eh? <laughs> Romans 5, the last verse. I think 22 or whatever. What, what, what verse is that? Okay, go to the next verse. What shall we say? Shall we continue and see that grace may abound? All right, so go to verse 20. Let me show you something. Verse 20 of chapter 5. Moreover, law entered that first my but where sin increased, okay? Where there's more sin, what, what do you also find? There's more grace. <laughs> so just, when you sin more, don't worry, there's a lot of grace to cover your sins. <laughs> so then, you see, by inference, he's trying to say that that's not the scripture, but that's what some people try to enter. But go ahead and sin because there's enough grace. Because there's no amount of sin you can make and God's grace cannot cover you. <laughs> you keep sinning. And when you wake up on the other side, you see that God will judge you based on your works. He said, on the, on the last day, many will come to me and say, Lord, Lord, we cast out devils in your name. We did miracles in your name. I think in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, 22, 23 or so. We did miracles in your name. He said, I will tell you, away from me, you workers of iniquity, your works. We were doing. We were, he said, not all who say, Lord, Lord, shall enter into this. And then verse 21, look at verse 21. This remember. Never to I say, uh, uh, sorry. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. So what you are saying is not as important as what you are doing. Oh, Lord. For whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, excuse me, excuse me. It's good to say it, but what you do, back what you are saying by your works. Wow. For all who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. So you are calling, but you are not doing. He said, not all those who... Everyone who says, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom. Because in the last day, some people will come and say, verse 22, I cast out devils in your name. We work miracles. It says that many, many, not only a few, many will say to me, in that day, say in that day. Say in that day. A day is coming where God will validate you based on what you have done. But now you can be free. You just keep walking in. Walking in. And you think there will be amnesty. Amnesty, no, you'll be judged based on your works. He said, No, so they'll say, Lord, Lord, we have, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And he said, What would I say to them? I'll say to them, Then I'll declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you, you who practice lawless. Your practices are more important than what you are saying. Wow. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. 
Hey. So when he came to the church of Tachira, he said, I know your works. I know the things you are doing, which was not bad works in that sense. Because what was the works he was talking about were good works they were doing. He said, I know your works. And not only your works, I know your works, your love. How, how, how you, you are showing, you see, you cannot, oh, I like this. Thank you, Jesus. Watch this, watch this, watch this. You say you love God, it's one thing. But Jesus is so concerned about the works of love that you are producing to the extent that you remember when he told the church of Ephesus in chapter 2, verse 5, that repent. He said, I have, verse 4 says that, nevertheless, I have, I have something against you. I have, I have this against you. You have left your first words, love, isn't it? Isn't it? So he was telling them to go back to love. Now look at verse 5. He said, remember therefore from where you are falling, repent and do the what? First works. That's, that tells me you are going to love. Love will be, will be quantified by the works. Don't, don't, don't mind any body in the name of God who is telling you that oh, what you do does not matter. He was challenging them to repent from having fallen from their first love. That you're falling from your first love. Then he says that repent and go back to your first works. The, the, way, the only way we know you are actually back in love is by the works you produce. Yeah. Works matter. Yeah. Then he says, so he said, I know your works, Revelation chapter 22, sorry, chapter 2, verse um, 18, 19. I know your works. I know your love, your service. Say service. service. The Greek word translated service sounds like diakonos. That's the same word they translate for deacons. The service there is good works. You are doing good deeds. When people are in need, you go and help them. When people are, I know your service. So service, service there is diakonos. Good deeds. You are, you are helping people. Works of help. When someone is in need, you help them. When they have, their car is stranded, you move, you leave the house and go and fix their tire. You stay there till they finish. You know, you are, it's good. It's good. It says that you're actually doing more works. In other words, something better. Then look at the next verse, 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 verse 20. Nevertheless, in spite of all these good, good things you are doing, said, nevertheless, I have a few things against you. Why? Because you have allowed that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess to teach and seduce my servants to commit sexual immorality. Who told you that sexual behavior, reckless sexual behavior doesn't matter to God? I know what you are thinking, but why should it matter to God? It's not my, my own body. No, he's not doing it for you. You're not doing it for him. He's not doing it for you. But if you are a Christian, watch this. This is very important. I used to think like that anyway. I used to think like that. I used to also th- I used to think generally that every sin is sin. Somebody's own is overeating. Somebody's own is stealing. Somebody's own is lying. Somebody's own is fornication. Somebody's own is masturbation. Somebody's own is fornication. Somebody's own is pornography and all that. So, and, and somebody's own is anger, uncontrollable anger. And somebody's own is jealousy. So we all have, so maybe your own is not jealousy, but you have gossip problem. Maybe your own is not gossip, but you have fornication problem. Maybe, and so we put them all on the same level. Hey, it's not so. Sin, watch this, sin is sin. But when it comes to certain types of sin, they provoke the hand of God against humanity. Read your Bible. Check the things that he said he wasn't happy with them about. Sex played a major role. 
Because sex is sacred. Sex is meant for covenant practice. Covenant practice. Because God himself, before he could allow Adam to flow, he said, you need a woman. So last Thursday, if you remember the teaching, he, you need a woman. So he brought a woman, not for the purposes of sex. Sex plays a certain role. And sex between a male and a female carries some spiritual connotation. That is why Jezebel comes in and begins to say that, in fact, if you really need to have deep spiritual insight, you need sex. So the fem- most of the occults in the past and even now, yeah. the female goddesses, the goddesses of fertility, all of them, they, to worship them is around sex and food. So Jezebel imported these prophets, 400 prophets of Asherah. He import, she imported them and imported 450 prophets of Baal. Baal was the male. And the female version, the female that's in, 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 in history is believed that the wife of Baal is Asherah. According to 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 19. So he Jezebel brought these prophetess and paid them fully. She he, he, he put them on his pay, uh, she put them on her payroll. Uh, fully. The Bible said they ate at Jezebel's table. What do you understand by that? He she catered for them. They were on her payroll. They were not working. They are full-time prophetess, prophets. And you know what Jezebel did? He killed all the prophets of God. He killed all the genuine prophets. She, she, sorry, she killed all the genuine prophets of God. Ran them out of town and installed these ones who were eating at the king's table, paying them full time. Jezebel. And so suddenly, the worship of the true God started going in decline. When a nation is attacking genuine men of God and genuine pastors, the opposite will be happening. Other false religions will begin, begin, begin to take down. We'll be selling church buildings to other, to other religions. We'll be selling freely to other religions. Church buildings that were meant for worship. It starts by turning it into a playground. Mm-hmm. I'm not against it. But let's watch the trend. Because there are no church activities. So only Sundays and maybe once a week in the evening. The rest of the time. Let's... let's Make use of it. Give us a building. You see how we make use of it. Yes. The building will be so, uh, tired. <laughs> because, because, it's a church is just on the weekend, Sunday, one hour is enough. One hour. The whole Sunday is supposed to be a Sabbath, okay? Yes. <laughs> One hour is enough, two hours is enough. Now finish and go and live a hedonistic life, not sinful life. Watching television, having it, eat, 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 forget about God. I thought you say, okay, then others you go home and go and do devotion and pray. No, go and live. So all your week, just a tiny portion has been reserved for God. You are religious, you are not Christian, you are not spiritual. A tiny portion for God. How, how, how can you be a very good footballer if you, if you only train once a week for one hour? And you don't understand why you are struggling with sin. You don't understand why you can't overcome that addiction. 
Because your word content is so low. Your spiritual immune system is so low. I was sharing with some people yesterday, AIDS does not kill. Oh, sorry, HIV. HIV doesn't kill you. It weakens your immune So anyone who's got HIV, anyone who dies after HIV, it's a certain thing. It's not all of them don't have the same sickness. Different, because your immune system is down. Any sickness at all, tuberculosis can come. Uh, 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 cold can hit you. Uh, 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 pneumonia can hit you. Uh, 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 blood issues can, I mean, any sickness, mention them. Any of them can just come on you because your system has been paralyzed from fighting against it. That's the, the, how wicked HIV is. It attacks the immune system. And when you are wordless, wordless, you don't have word, you are almost like, you have spiritual age. Your immune system has been attacked. So when temptation is coming, you don't want to do it by, yeah. oh God, help me. Hey, I don't know what's happening. Oh God, I shouldn't do this. Oh God. And then, bam. <laughs> And people are telling you that you call yourself a Christian. You are a hypocrite. Satan to come to stand behind you. That you are a hypocrite. Don't go to church. Why are you kneeling down? You are a hypocrite with all you are doing. But you know in your heart, you actually want to be a Christian. But the things you want to do, you can't do. How can you with a weak spirit have a thriving spiritual life? Your spirit is not feeding. The whole week, the only time you read the Bible is when you come to church. Wow. That's the only time you come to church. Your Christianity is in big time question. You are so busy about your professional life, your spiritual life is suffocating. And I blame these kind of pastors, those, those of us, we pastors who have made ourselves the cure-all. We are the gurus. So you live your life, come when you are in it spiritually, we will do. No, Christianity is not meant to be like that. It's not meant to be like that. My job is to try to train you in God's word so that when you go home and you take your Bible and you are reading, you are seeing, oh wow, thank you Jesus, thank you Jesus. Your spirit is so well nourished. Pastor, to say there are people who come to church and you are living in farming. Spiritual farming, theological farming. There's a serious erosion going on. Of you who say I don't read my Bible, that Satan is very happy with you. Your spirit is emaciated. The place is too quiet now. It's getting scary. Remember, remember, I'm just trying to talk to family members. Yes, yes, yes. Christian family members. If you are not a Christian, um, you are not the one I'm addressing. When I'm talking about Christian, I'm not talking about nominal Christians no. who just have the tag name, I'm a Christian. When you are feeling a form of faith, Christian, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a believer who is working with God. You are born again from your spirit. When you die, you don't, no one has to tell you, you know you are going to heaven. I'm talking about that, that, that Christian. You are a Christian. Yesterday I had a camp with um, one of the team, and I was teaching them how to overcome habitual sins. Because the fact that you are a Christian doesn't mean that you, can't, you don't struggle about some things. How do you deal with this? How do you overcome habitual sins? Bible said, therefore lay aside the sin that easily besets you. You know that sin, some sins are easily besetting you. Lay them aside. Hebrews chapter 12. Wherefore lay aside every weight and the sin that easily besets you. 
Bible talks about in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11, it says that as pilgrims and sojourners, as sojourners and abstain from fleshly lust which war against which war against your soul. So you have to deal with it. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 1, he says that therefore having all these promises, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and the spirit. Something is polluting your spirit. Something is polluting your flesh. He said, did he say God will do it for you? He said, let us do it. Now how do you do it then? How do you do it? Next two weeks or three weeks, I think I'll have to teach that at Thursday, not on Sunday. How to deal with habitual sins mm. as a Christian. Because mm. too many of us are struggling. And you just really want to do it to please God, but you don't have what it takes. You don't have the strength. Mm. Before I preach, I said, this is my Bible. I can do what it says I can do. But if you don't feed it, you can you feed on it, you can't do it. Before they left Egypt, he said, kill the animal, put the blood on top, but eat the meat. You need, the, you need to eat it to get strength to be able to walk the journey. If you haven't eaten, you can't walk the journey. So the word of God is the bread. You have to eat it for the journey. Other than that, you die in the wilderness. Hmm. Oh, my time is up, so I have to stop now. I have to stop now. The way I've prepared to come and teach some other serious things. Jezebel! So please, as I end, remember, sexual immoralities carry some serious consequences in your worship life. Oh, I'm weak. I don't know why I'm weak. You better get strong. Because he said that for he who commits fornication, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, he who commits fornication sins against your own body, sexual immorality. So every sexual, everything a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality, you have, you have, you have, you have, you have harmed your body. You have harmed your body. You don't know why. And you say, I don't know why nowadays I've been feeling weak. I, I don't know why. I don't, I'm, anyway, since I turned 40, you think everybody who is 40 is as weak as you? <laughs> you think everybody who is 60 is as weak as you? No. There are things you have done that will wake, even when you get born again, you are already weakening the body. So you are a preacher, but because of your fornications, your body has been harmed. So, especially wives. Well, your husband did something some time ago. Don't worry. Now that he has changed, thank God. But what he did, it has affected him. And God has a way of paying him without making sure he affects you. Oh, thank you, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God is a God of mercy. After that one, definitely the mercy will come. But, 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 some of us, it's, it's said that maybe the men, the money die early. Yeah, no, it's like because men, they work and everything. But women suffer, the child birth labor, they should normally be weaker. Bible calls them weaker vessels. So they should actually be weaker physically. How come that most times the men need early? And much of it is connected to sexual immorality. You, he said you have sinned against the body. Is that, let me use, not use the word sin. You have damaged the body. 
So the body is not as firm as it used to be. When you see a lady who is always sleeping around, she grows old very fast. She grows old very, very fast. So at the age of 30, 38, she looks like she is 52. <laughs> so they have to jazz everything up with excessive makeup and a lot of things. You see, but the body is hung. And so now you are born again. You are in church. You are leading praise or you are singing. You are preaching. But the body is actually tired. <laughs> so please, don't let us bring sexual immorality and idolatry. Those two, they are twins. They go together. Don't let us bring it at the same level of every other sin. Don't bring it at the same level. Even though every other sin, so long as eternal consequences consider be the same, but sexual immorality is, is something because God was particular. He said Jezebel came and started teaching, teaching and cause making men, my men, my servants, commit fornication, uh, co- commit fornication and eat, uh, eat things sacrificed to idols. Why, Jezebel? Jezebel, he said, I'll come and kill her, her children with death. That's like double dying. Judgment is coming. Pastor, so why are you preaching this kind of thing? Last night, oh, yeah, I know you don't want to. <laughs> it's the only small thing I want to do now. When I was teaching yesterday, one of the things I said about how to overcome habitual sins, one of the first things you have to do to overcome, I'll give you one. One of the first things you have to do to overcome habitual sin is you you have to take sin very serious. Sin is very serious. Speeding is not good. It's not good. But if if you're a bus driver and they have given you warnings or warning and they tell you the next time you you are caught speeding, your license will be revoke for three years and that's the only thing listen you when you are speeding you'll be very careful it doesn't matter who is challenging you on the road <laughs> because of the consequences of what it will bring on you it advises you the reason why people say if you are a, a, a teacher and you are giving to pedophiliac tendencies no listen you, you you'll be careful you, 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 you know it cannot affect you but when there, when there is no law, people will just do it. So you say, no, I'm very weak. That's why you have been hitting your wife. Yeah. That's why you hit the woman. Because, you're, you know, I don't know what came upon me. And I treated her like that. It's because there's no consequence. That's why. Yeah. But the consequences are going to be grim. Why don't you, the demons let you go and slap a soldier? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a demon is on me. And then you go, soldier, soldier. <laughs> Because I don't know what came upon me and I did it. As long as you don't take it serious, you know what comes upon you to misbehave. Oh, I finished my course. I finished it. We thank God for using his servant, Reverend Dr. David Entry, to share this awesome word. If this message has blessed you in any way, please spread the word by sharing it and send us an email to amen at charis.org. Remember to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter for regular updates on what God is doing here at Caris Ministries. Stay blessed.